Hi, welcome to Like a Real Book Club, a podcast where we talk about books and just about everything else. I'm Jerrine. I'm Christina. And I'm Ashley. And today is Read Across Jamaica Day. So I know last couple of years, they've had a lot of politicians going in schools, reading to kids, and a lot of corporate branding, reading to kids. And it's been interesting to see what that looks like now that we're in a pandemic and I think it's a really good initiative. I I wish it was sewn through the rest of our policies with regards to having more people reading all the time and not just children. Did you guys know that today was Read Across Jamaica Day? Knew that it was today. I know that it's something that we have regularly. I agree with you that it's a really great initiative. A part of me does cringe at the PR element of it, but I guess I understand why something like that is important. If you see one of your favorite persons participating in something like this, it might get you a little bit more interested in it. What are some of the activities that they've been doing? I'm curious about how kids receive days like this. I'm curious about what the interaction is like generally, and if an initiative like this actually does increase the interest in reading among kids. I don't know if anybody is doing that kind of data collection. Well, I have one anecdotal experience. I went to my dressmaker today and she has a nine-year-old daughter. And usually when I go there, she's in her school uniform. And today she wasn't. So I said, hey, what's going on? You didn't go to school today? Because she has to put on her school uniform to go to school over Zoom. Anyway, she told me that today was Read Across Jamaica Day, which is I didn't know before. She goes on to tell me that uh, somebody read them a book. I don't remember who she said read her the book. I don't think it was like a public figure, Jamaican celebrity. But she went in a lot of detail about the book because I told her to tell me what she remembered or tell me about the story. And it was about the story of this boy named Peter whose grandmother told him never under any circumstances to start a fire and he never listened to her and he was start a fire and almost burned down the house. So she took me through, she was talking for about 20 minutes very animatedly about the story. I feel like that was sort of a success. I don't know if that would have motivated her to read the book, but I know that the story in particular she was super excited about and was able to talk in great detail about. So that was really great to hear and see how excited she was. Though I will say that I think she kind of took this day as like a free day. So, I mean, they didn't do their usual school things and she wasn't in her uniform. So I guess maybe she was a little bit more relaxed. But I mean, maybe that's not so much of a bad thing because reading should be comfortable and shouldn't be this rigid thing that you only associated mm-hmm. with school. I mean, mm-hmm. I like that. I like that it was pretty casual. And yeah, so that's how I know that today was read across Jamaica Day. I think that's pretty cool because I think what I really like about it is that it calls for people to be animated with books. So if you ever witness them, it's huge jamaican storytelling style with the books and the kids are excited even if they don't know the person it's someone who's not their teacher who's coming to talk to them and they're excited that makes it so exciting yeah it's so (laughs) exciting i just wish it was a bit more normal or like a bit more frequent so we've been having inadvertently having discussions on twitter about the library service here in jamaica and i didn't know how 
inaccessible the library was. Like I knew the library had a lot of resource issues, but I didn't realize how a lot of the policies they have in place makes it inaccessible. So apparently kids can't get library cards in Jamaica. Which still blows my mind. Yeah, so your parent has to take out the book for you and there's a limit to three books. So someone just tweeted their account to say that they have two kids. All of them are readers. So she's a reader, her kids are readers. But by the time she gets them books and their kids' books, they don't last very long. So they can only check out three books. She gets three books for her kids. And by the time they get home, the book done. So you need a TRN to get a book. Um, For those who don't know, that's a tax registration number. In Jamaica, you need to get, you need a proof of address, whether it's a utility bill or you need a JP to certify that you live somewhere. None of this makes any sense for me. Why are we making it harder for people to read when it's not today? While I was observing that conversation about the library that you were having on Twitter, it made me wonder how accessible isn't the word, but how normal libraries are in for some people because I was thinking to myself that when I was younger the only library that I knew of was the library at my primary school I wasn't aware of the or maybe I was aware but I didn't think that it was something that I could visit I don't I think the first time I actually visited the library was in high school some sort of field trip no i think i visited it in high school actually i think during fifth form when we were studying and preparing for csec i think that was the first time that i actually went and visited the library and saw what it looked like but as i'm trying to recall my understanding of library being a place that I could actually go to, to sit and read books. I don't think that I had that idea in my head. I'm trying to figure out why that was. For me, reading books meant reading whatever my brother had at the time. So sometimes those were the Hardy Boys books, and sometimes those were his textbooks that I just randomly take up and read because it was there. Or... I remember in primary school, because we used to have vendors outside and sometimes there were vendors there who had like random books about very random things and they were selling them for cheap and I bought them and that's how, you know, I'd get books to read. But I don't recall really knowing and understanding the library as a place that I could go to for recreational reading. My understanding of library was this big place that was sort of far removed from me it was something that felt adult yeah it didn't feel like something for me if that makes sense yeah that's been something that was on my mind while I was thinking about how inaccessible it seemingly is or the different barriers that are in place that can affect so many people who would be interested in going to the library and just picking up books to read. I totally agree. The library that I would have the most access to would be Tom Redcam Library. And uh, for anybody Tom who's... Redcam. Redcam, right? Yeah. So it's like right beside Oak Park Camp. Little Theatre. And Little Theatre and... Which, uh, interestingly... So I used to go to Little Theatre to dance and it never occurred to me that it was right beside Little Theatre either. Oh no. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Which is very 
sad because it's like it's such a tiny space i mean i used to go there sometimes but that would be it wouldn't be to read recreationally it would be to do I know that I used to meet up there to have extra lessons, Spanish extra lessons a few times, and then to do some sort of research for school. But then I'm thinking about, and maybe I'm reading it or looking into it a little bit too deeply, but in terms of, you see how institutions like the library service in Jamaica shows you like how deeply rooted we have our class issues because who are the types of people that go to the library? People who, I know, what's the type of, well, not necessarily energy, but in terms of the type of people that other people expect to see to the library and send to the library. They're usually people maybe who come from a working class background and who may not have access to certain services like internet. And so they all have to share a communal space. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, but... I, I know definitely that growing up, the type of framing around using the library that I would always hear is, is very almost negative in a way, where it's like, yeah, just go to the library. If I'm trying to explain, I don't know if I can explain what I'm thinking about, but you only expect certain people to go to the library. And I'm thinking about my relationships with libraries in general. There was a library at my high school and it's not somewhere that I used to go a lot to like just sit down and read recreationally or even when I was at UE. I mean, I'd go to the library to do work, but I'm not just going to chill out there and just, uh, that's not my spot where I go and I just browse the aisles and I read. And I don't know if that has more to do with me as a person and the type of activities that I gravitate towards or what libraries as like an institution mean to people in the 21st century. But I know that especially maybe in the secondary school system, people who seek the services of public libraries, there is like a class imbalance and I think the the playing field kind of levels a little bit more when you go on to tertiary education because there's some things that you need at the library that you can't access anywhere else and it will strengthen whatever it is that you're trying to research on so everybody kind of just uses it but yeah a lot of memories well maybe not a lot but memories of being at Tom Redcom Library and just seeing droves of school-age children. And it's a place that people go to just hang out and get away from their house. And I don't know if they're there to necessarily really go and you meet people. And, uh, you all, well, you hear stories about things that happen at the library. And I think that's uh, hmm, the people who operate it or manage it. There is like a disparity, especially with the age gap, because... Uh, there are young people who are ac- accessing the services of the library. The people are very quick to dismiss because they assume that every young person who goes to the library doesn't really go to use it in a way that they think should be used. I didn't see the conversation that was happening, but I hope that those types of topics were sprinkled in because there's a lot of like uh, judgment, especially by older folk, towards younger folk who want to have access to the library. Um, I was here thinking about that 
class analysis that you brought in and i wonder if that's mostly a kingston thing because i feel like the people that i know it's not <laughs> okay okay but i definitely agree with you though looking back no i'm kind of wondering what kind of perceptions do we create nationally about libraries and i guess about reading in general so for a day like this, Jorian had mentioned earlier that it would be great if it was an initiative that went beyond children. And yeah, why not? <laughs> what is the barrier or the reason behind not um, making it a general thing or a thing that targets adolescents, adults, senior citizens, just literally everybody? What is the thing that prevents that? Because we don't actually care. <laughs> I think it's easy to tell children to read because in your head it's like reading is the future, blah, 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 blah. But the idea of you doing it for yourself, of you nourishing yourself with knowledge feels like I don't have enough time. And for that sure. to me is a problem because if it is that you aren't going to do the thing, don't tell other people to do it. Either people don't read at all, but they're telling the younger generation to read or what they do read are just books that are about getting ahead. And I know we've spoken about this to some degree in various podcasts and also meetings, book club meetings, but I think that there's something to be said about people who only read self-help books. I just, <laughs> I know that we're all striving for improvement and to be a better version of ourselves, but if your only concern is to grow your capital and to be the leader of a group or to influence people. I don't know how you can actively try to encourage somebody else to read about uh, like just recreationally because those are not the type of books that we're reading to our children. We're not telling them that there is a, these are the 10 secrets to excelling at primary school or like this is a self-help book to make you get or whatever i don't know but i just oh, and i'm thinking about else. oh yeah i shouldn't right but i'm thinking about where the transition comes kids. in like oh my god what like what happens when or where is the transition between i get to read about a really interesting story about a file and this little boy not listening to his grandmother and then all of a sudden i'm only expected to read about uh, growing, getting ahead and growing capital stocks and whatever. Jamaica has a hustle culture. America has a hustle culture as well. And that is the dominant culture in our media. So there's just this weird rush, this anxiety around making money, making lots of money and surviving is really hard. But then there's this added culture of if you're not hustling or if you're not looking you're not at ways to hard. improve your hustle then you're wasting time and it's always such a culture shock to go to other countries where they don't have a hustle culture even amongst working class people there's this understanding of this need for rest siestas are a thing closing businesses if it's too hot or too cold is a thing not because of poor infrastructure but just because the conditions are not ideal for us to be working and we don't have that jamaica very much has a hustle culture so if you're going to be spending your free time reading it should be to improve your hustle 
And I get that. I just think it's very sad. I think it's sad that we haven't recognized that. And I think that as adults, we won't be able to fix the gaps in our reading culture if the people who are involved in these initiatives themselves aren't looking at their peers and saying, hey, you should be reading as well. Yeah, and that's probably the major issue with why nationally we don't do more encouragement of adults reading recreationally. It's like after after that childhood age where you're already learning to read, so this is the best time to, to continue to push you to read more. But after that, after schooling age, after tertiary education, you're now thrown into the rat race and it's a fight to survive. And so the predominant thing that you're thinking about now is all the different ways that I can survive. That looks like... Building your brand. Exactly. Like exactly that. It looks like building a brand. It looks like... um, your hobbies. Strategizing about, no, 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 whatever people be doing. But that as well as... And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that's the... It's the only thing that's present. It's like a burnout recipe. And I'm kind of changing my mind around self-help. Not that I want to read self-help books, but I get why people are reading self-help books. Life is hard, for one. (laughs) But also, people are looking for ways to to exist within the system. They're looking for to continue within the system and maybe even try to, quote-unquote, beat the system. And hack life. Right. Exactly. So they want to beat it. So, So I get running to these things i might think that they're just empty field of platitudes but those things are extremely empowering for people it ties into the continuous race always being on the hamster wheel always having a new innovative idea etc etc yeah i totally agree with christina everything gets dropped when you get to a certain age or you get to a certain party point in your life where you're not bothered with them things anymore. You're not allowed to like, or you're not encouraged to explore and to think outside of the box and to to expand your horizons outside of uh, current events and uh, self help and uh, getting rich. Like there's no encouragement to do more and to read more and be more. And I'm thinking about maybe it's a Bible verse or maybe it's just a religious quote about when I was a child, I did childish things. But then by the time I became a man, I had to put down my childish ways. I don't know if that's a quote. Don't come for me, religious people. But just in terms of like, why is reading considered childish? Why is it that it's considered childish? And why is it that we're only promoting it to children? Because mm-hmm. he, it's primary school children, I'm hard pressed to find any sort of like newspaper article or pictures of them in high schools. And if it's a high school, it's in the lower schools. So it's still a uh, fifteen or sixteen and under that is encouraged to read. Everybody else over sixteen just get them with, Yeah, I mostly see them with primary school age children. I don't. I don't recall seeing photos of them in high school. They probably do go to high schools, but I don't know. But in the same vein, so while I was, while I'm reading and trying to finish My Fishy Stepmom, I was thinking to myself that this book is such a great way to keep Caribbean mythology alive. It's such a great way to pass that on to um, younger generations. Because I'm thinking now about whether 
or what's our oral history, what's the word, oral history culture, maybe, and what that looks like for us here in Jamaica. I'm wondering if that's still a vibrant sort of thing where grandparents, great grand aunts, just older people in our families where they still share these stories and share these different myths and folklores. I'm trying to recall if that exists now. Because I can remember in like primary school, we used to have those little, those really flat books. I don't know who used to give them to us, but I remember a lot of those books with a lot of Anansi stories. I remember learning about the White Witch of Rose Hall from one of those books and this woman that turned into a cat, one bug or something. And I'm very curious about whether we have children books that center Jamaican folklore now. But yeah, this book makes me very curious about our oral history, oral tradition, culture here in Jamaica and how vibrant that is right now, if at all. I think it's a mix where a lot of people are moving towards documenting it and people are still keeping the oral tradition alive. Just before we wrap up, because this is supposed to be a really short episode. I was looking at the time. <laughs> I just I wanted to be a bit clear that my ideas around the Read Across Jamaica thing is not about Read Across Jamaica per se. It's just our attitudes towards the culture of reading. I think we target it a bit too much on children. I get why we do it because you're supposed to build a habit, but then it just kind of drop off very quickly after. Like it doesn't become a regular thing. Which like means you do this one day and you move on. Yeah, it's for a particular age group and then we move on. Definitely not a coincidence that it's in May because May it's is education month. month. Yeah, or education and week. child month. It's all just a campaign. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. in like a not even just a nothing like candy point. Hopefully, an activity point. Hopefully reading becomes a lifestyle. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe they need to make it a trend of sorts. They need to start a campaign like cool. Jamaica moves. Jamaica reads. So everybody. Mm-hmm. Jamaica reads exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be down for that. That'd be really cool. I think it would too. You're really nerdy in all the best ways. I'm looking forward to a change in our reading cultures. So if you're listening to this episode for the first time, that means you are not a sustaining member for Rebel Women Lit and you are missing out on the opportunity of supporting the work that we do at Rebel Women Lit, which includes our own private library that we send via mail to people and a bunch of other things that we do. So become a sustaining member. You get early podcast episodes and you get a bunch of other really cool free things like free yoga sessions with us every month. And if you like this podcast episode, our love language is words of affirmation. Please leave us a feedback. Send us a tweet. Send us a message on Instagram. Tag us if you're listening to, if you have any thoughts about what we're saying, please share. We'd love to have this as a dialogue and share with your friends to subscribe. Follow us across your social media platforms. Yeah, we have really interesting conversations on Twitter, such as this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're funny on Twitter, I think. Talk about books and everything else, just like the podcast. Bye. See you at Book Club.